Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a man who collects indictments like ex-wives to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the nut-picking fallacy. And I think it's the first fallacy that uses an outrageous pun. (laughs) Yeah, probably. And interestingly... Apart from the ones that we made up slash identified ourselves, yeah. this is one of the only ones which we can point to exactly who came up with oh. it and when, like yeah. the day it was coined, Wow, which was August 11th, 2006, which almost exactly 17 years ago. Oh, yeah. It was a journalist called yeah. Kevin Drum, who's written for uh, Mother Jones, among others. Yeah. He said that he wanted to come up with a way of describing that, kind of annoying thing that people do where they they trawl through comment threads to find yeah. a mad person yeah. Yeah. as evidence that people who disagree with them are mad yeah <laughs> and so he had a little kind of competition uh, among his readers to right. to come up with a name for this and the winner was a, a person whose screen name was blue man and he came up with nut picking which is brilliant yeah, Brilliant. it's nitpicking. It's also a, a negative version of cherry picking because what you're doing is right. you're choosing out of all of the people who disagree with you, a nutter. You're choosing yeah. Yeah. an extreme example of your opposition or an extreme view yeah. that is probably not reasonably held by large numbers of the people who Other disagree people. with you. Yeah. And then you yeah. are representing that as typical of those people. Yeah, in order to characterise all of the people that disagree with you as nutters. Yes. And nothing but nutters. Yeah. yeah. Look at the kinds of crazy things they say. <laughs> yeah. And because they share the stuff, like Piers Corbyn, who did crazy shit and was brought up in the newspaper, um, mainly the mail, to and the Telegraph, to say, look at the crazy shit this guy, this guy does. And he's Jeremy Corbyn's brother. So they're all exactly like that. And I think the last one he got um, featured in the newspaper for was going to the card-only self-checkout machine and demanding that he could use loose change. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. nasty behaviour. Completely pointless as well. Yeah. Just to yeah. score a win over the, the minimum wage staff at an Aldi. And in the process, they pointed out the fact that he was a Corbyn. <laughs> And that's it. Job done. It's uh-huh. it's that kind of it's the equivalent of equivalent of the right wing press just going George Soros. Yeah, yeah. So our first example mm-hmm. is a Facebook ad from Trump or the the Trump Make America Great Again committee, at least, right. which reads: Democrats have finally admitted what they have truly wanted all along to repeal the Second Amendment. Tell Robert Francis O'Rourke and the Democrats we will never let you confiscate our guns. So. That's not true. <laughs> the yeah. Democrats as a whole yeah. have not talked seriously about repealing the Second Amendment. Yeah. That is not to say that no people who identify as Democrats think that should happen. Yeah. Beto O'Rourke, who they deliberately call Robert Francis O'Rourke to take away from the Hispanic cachet that Beto has right. in that running for 
Texas governor thing that where that slightly maybe helps him. Yeah. But also saying that essentially he wants to take away, he wants to repeal the Second Amendment. He he doesn't want to repeal the Second Amendment. No. He has said he wants to take away assault rifles, yeah. um, AR-15s, AK-47s. He says he doesn't believe any civilian should own an AR-15 or an AK-47. He had, goes into some detail on his website about the fact that he wants to repeal permitless carry and yeah. close um, private sale background check loopholes that mean that people don't have to get background checks if they buy it from someone who isn't a gun dealer. Stronger Whoa, domestic yeah. violence reporting laws, yeah. red flag laws, those kinds of things. He believes yeah. in quite strong but common sense gun safety yeah. measures. Yeah. Not at all repealing the Second Amendment. And yet they, a bit like Piers Corbyn, so they've in, they're inventing the nuttiness and then saying, yeah, this is the example of what all Democrats are yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. So it's a mixture of a straw man, this, and mm. nut picking, because they're yeah. claiming that Beto thinks this stuff. Yeah. It, in a way, I mean, they're not, they don't specifically directly claim he says it, but it's very much implied by the, the yeah. ad, I think. When they were asked about this by fact checkers, mm-hmm. they pointed to a few state representatives not US Congress people or senators who've who've suggested this, but local state representatives who are Democrats, like New Hampshire State Representative Catherine Rogers, who didn't also call for repealing the Second Amendment, but said yeah. it's time to revisit and look at our constitution yeah. after former Supreme Court Justice John Paul Stevens wrote a New York Times op-ed that called for repealing the Second Amendment. So after that, she said... Right. I think having this discussion is good. Maybe the op-ed mm-hmm. by Justice Stevens can lead to interesting discussion. It's yeah. a thing we should be talking about. <laughs> yeah. Which is a very milquetoast version of trying to repeal the Second Amendment, <laughs> the Second Amendment. and taking your guns away. It's yeah. like, hmm, this is interesting things that we should yeah, think about. Like, well, it's like the, in, the, in our opening titles, there's Trump saying yeah. she wants to you know, do away with the Second Amendment. And, she, she Hillary never said no. that. She said, "Well, maybe it's time to have a, you know after the umpteenth multiple school killing that maybe it's time we looked at this again a bit more new in a more nuanced way to prevent this kind of thing happening." Whereas if one if the Democrats and I don't know that they've said it was well, certainly not on, in print on the Facebook ad. If the Democrats said the Republican, yeah, vote Republican. And and get mass murder. Yeah, <laughs> get you know continue the school killings. Yeah, that's what you'll get. I that's, I wouldn't be want. surprised if people have said things like that, especially yeah. immediately after school shootings. There you because go. Because yes, kind yes. of that is what's happening. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. you know a vote for Democrats is a vote for this kind of thing to keep happening. Mm. A vote, mm-hmm. vote for Republicans rather is a vote for this yeah. kind of thing to keep happening. So yeah, yeah I. I'm sure that kind of thing has been said. And and not necessarily by nuts. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, so our second example from Trump is a specific case of violence by an illegal immigrant. And oh, yeah. uh, this was something he brought up multiple times. An illegal immigrant should have never, ever been here. Kate, as you remember from San Francisco, shot viciously by somebody that was sent out of the country five times and will probably get off. I see the lawyer and they're saying, oh, maybe it wasn't him. And, oh, it's terrible. 
It'll go on for years and years and years. What happened to Kate and so many others, so many others. And we're going to have a country where we can be free to walk around and free to walk the streets and free to look at the beautiful Golden Gate Bridge with your father, like Kate was doing, and then shot from nowhere. We're going to have a country that's going to be safe again. So he is trying to use this one case. And there are others. Mm -hmm. There are other individual cases of violence perpetrated by immigrants to say immigrants are bad, illegal immigration is dangerous, and we're all in danger if it continues. The only way we can be safe is to crack down on immigration, essentially. Yeah. And obviously that's mad. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And when he said this guy will probably get off, he didn't exactly get off because he was found guilty for being a felon in possession of a firearm because, as as yeah. he correctly said, the person who was responsible for this shooting or, or who was holding the gun at the time, at least, Jose Inez Garcia Zarate, it was a person who had been ejected from the US five times. He had had drug-based prosecutions, um, so he's yeah. a felon. And he was found not guilty of first-degree murder, actually the first-degree murder charge was dropped, second-degree murder and involuntary manslaughter, because it was an accident. Yeah, didn't we cover, we covered this one before? Yeah, he talked we? about it yeah. at one of his State of the Union addresses. Yeah, And when yeah. it came up there, we talked about it. Yes, it was an accident. It was a, it was a ricochet or yeah, something. Yeah, that's right, it ricocheted that, off concrete. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I know this isn't important, but she wasn't looking at the Golden Gate Bridge. Because just because he can't be accurate, uh, yeah, even when yeah. he's lying about other stuff, in, and yeah. uh, you know it was it was on Pier 14 in San Francisco, which is five miles away from Golden right. Bridge, yep. facing in the yep. other direction. It's not yep. it's not a thing. But yeah, the point is, this guy claimed that he found the gun wrapped in a, a t-shirt or some cloth, and and it went off. Both sides agreed, prosecution and defence, that he hadn't shot her. It had ricocheted yep. off concrete kind of quite close yep. to him. She was something like 80 to 100 feet away from her and it ricocheted wow. off the concrete within yep. 15 feet of him. So yep. so it was kind of just a freak accident, essentially. Yeah, not, he, he didn't shoot her viciously. No, exactly. No. And again, that's not to say that there aren't instances where immigrants have killed people, deliberately murdered people. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That can then not be translated into... Immigrants are bad and violent and dangerous and we need to be afraid of them and we need to stop them from being here yeah. because we're all going to die. And what we need to do is build a wall. Yeah. Yeah. And rather than bring about some sort of gun control. Yeah. 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 Crazy thought. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> that way, that's, that's, that's chipping away at the, uh, the Constitution. That's yeah. the Second Amendment gone. Yeah. What's to stop them getting rid of all of them? Yeah. But yeah. even if he'd managed to successfully pick a case where it was a nut, <laughs> a bad, violent criminal, yeah. that is not representative of that whole class of people. Yeah. So, a uh, third example is Trump's former campaign manager and social media guy, Brad Pascal, who was talking about uh, Michelle Wolf. Michelle Wolf did the White House Correspondents' Dinner, I think the first uh, yeah. year Trump was in office, and right. and therefore became... A hated person on the right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think she said she made a remark about Sarah Huckabee Sanders' eye makeup or something like that, and it was like, oh, yeah. how can they be so mean about women? Um, and <laughs> and yeah. uh, she did a Netflix special in which she did some jokey audience polls. One of them, she asked her audience, 
are you sort of hoping we don't get peace with North Korea so you won't have to give Trump credit? <laughs> Pretty good. That's quite yeah, funny. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. clearly a joke. Mm-hmm. And her audience took it in the clearly a joke spirit and voted seventy-one percent in favour of yeah, kind of yeah, hoping kind we don't of, get who, kind of hope we don't get yeah. so we don't have to give him credit yeah. And so yeah. Brad Pascal took this and said, "Here is the media and left's position in a nutshell. It isn't about America." So he was essentially saying, "Yeah, right. this is what Democrats want: is nuclear <laughs> war." <laughs> 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 in order to spite Trump. Yeah. Yeah. So he's taking yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, an extreme comic view, not even a real yeah. realistic view that anyone actually holds, but yeah. but a joke, taking it as as a real view and then suggesting it's typical of Democrats, suggesting that is what, what we want. This is the future Democrats want. Paul Joseph Watson, who goes by Prison Planet, who is an InfoWars contributor. Mm-hmm. also picked this up he relayed what had happened and then said in other words a significant majority of leftists was happily risk nuclear war so long as it meant trump would look bad <laughs> <laughs> wow wow yeah there you go yeah and and it isn't us not picking to say that this is one example of the right not doing funny no it just just yeah. don't get humour. In yeah. fact, finally in this section, I have, yeah. uh, I think possibly for the first time, a Democrat example. An example wow. of someone on the left doing this thing. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. And it's to make a point similar to what you just said, because this is one, this is a, a, an extract from one of Jordan Klepper's videos. He, he right. was a contributor to The Daily Show, and he regularly goes to Trump rallies. He went to January 6th and, and various other things to talk to Trump supporters and find yeah. out what they think about things. And here's one example. What don't we know about 9-11? I think it was all planned. I think that it came down on their explosives. It was an inside job. Yes, I think so. But I think Bush knew it was happening. Really? Is Biden just wasting time there? Biden doesn't know what he's doing. He recently just killed the head of Al-Qaeda. I don't believe it. Do you think that's just a, a made-up news story? Just like uh, bin Laden with... Obama. Clarify who's still alive. Bin JFK Laden? JFK Jr. is. JFK Jr. still alive. JFK Jr. is still alive. Yes. Yeah. So, so I think JFK Jr. is going to try and expose globalists because they killed his father. I thought he was a magazine magnet who lived in New York. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think so. What do you think of the state of education in America? Could we be doing better? We absolutely uh, could be doing yeah. better. These kids could grow up and they could go on to believe crazy things. Yeah, absolutely. they did. <laughs> So brilliant. That sleight of hand right at the end is so good, isn't it? He is yeah. brilliant. And the good liars do a very similar thing. Um, they go and talk to people and kind of try and use that way of he's, asking he's them questions nutter. that are going yeah. to lead them down one route and then taking yeah. it back on them in, in a very similar way. It's, it's obviously for entertainment, yeah, but it's also exposing what these people really think. And the, yeah. the selective editing, where they're obviously going to pick the craziest, funniest ones. Yeah, yeah. Is a form of nut picking. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason I wanted to play this particularly was because first of all, it shows how this kind of tactic really feeds into your confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. Because it's easy for us to think, well, that's just what Trump supporters are like. They're all fucking idiots yeah, who, yeah, who yeah. think mad things. 
Yeah. Um, and this supports that absolutely. Every time we see one of Jordan Klepper's or the Good Liars videos or, you know, anyone who interviews a Trump supporter, pretty yeah. much ever, yeah. feeds into yeah. that, that narrative and makes us think, well, yeah, I'm, abs- I'm right about the, th- the fact that they're all idiots. It also shows, I think, that it is very difficult to, to tell whether not picking is going on when mm. you think that a reasonable number of the people who it's sampling from might be nuts. Right. <laughs> right. Because yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that when Jordan goes to these places and asks lots of people, yeah. he probably finds a lot of people who don't say anything mad. I could be wrong because you have to believe some mad things to still support Trump, I think. So yeah, maybe yeah. this is representative and it's hard to tell because we don't know what the sample is like. What we're seeing is the yeah. end result and it's probably not picked. Yeah, because I think they it would be, how would that be as a, as a televisual experience yeah. if he interviewed 30 people, I don't know, 300 people out of how you, you would have to know what the sample size yeah. is and if all 300 of them came back with nutty stuff, that would actually be slightly too much. It would be a bit boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would well, definitely. Be a bit, yeah. a bit kind of uh, not good telly. Yeah. So one or two of them is, is funny. But if, if you took the whole hour I mean, of the show to just I, play I all reckon of that I could stuff. watch an hour of Jordan Pfeffer oh, doing yeah, this absolutely. and it would be extremely entertaining. <laughs> I don't think it would be a problem. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, uh, the, the difficulty yeah. is, of course, that where you are doing what the journalist who came up with this, Kevin Drum, talked about, mm. looking through kind of comment sections, you are looking at nobodies. You are looking at people who aren't important in that world. Yeah. Um, just like the, these Trump supporters, Trump doesn't care who they are. They mean nothing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the problem is that in several cases, the kinds of things they say are also exactly what is being said by people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is absolutely a right. nut, yeah. but she's also yeah. the deputy leader of the House. Yeah. And yeah. therefore isn't an extreme example of the Republican Party at the moment, mm. but mm-hmm. a representative of at least a, a significant and powerful group of that party. Powerful enough to make sure whether Kevin McCarthy gets power or not, essentially. Yeah, exactly. And... Yeah. and- she got elected by, so she is representative mm. of a whole bunch of people yeah. who who elected her on on the the nut job ticket. Yeah, and it's very much not just MTG either. Mm. It's you know Lauren Boebert, Thomas Massey, yep. Paul Gosar, uh, Matt Gates. There's there's a lot of them <laughs> that yep. are very nutty. Express things that that are exactly the kinds of things you hear from those Jordan Clapper videos and the, and the, the kinds of things that charitably we might think are feeding into our con- confirmation bias. But it's, it yeah. is when you see them... I mean, look look at Trump himself. He has said, well, we no one's really got to the bottom of 9-11, which is what kind of prompted Clapper to ask these ladies this right. question. Yeah. So he is not only feeding their conspiracy theory thinking but expressing it himself as the presumptive presidential nominee for their party. So I think not picking (laughs) is something which you should be careful of, but 
the care should not make you stop saying, look at these nuts and the things yeah. they say, because some yes. of them are actually yeah. elected representatives. And now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics. Corner. I immediately went to somebody that, that has been typified as a nut job and therefore been very useful on the right to be able to dismiss the entirety of the left's economic um, stewardship thinking and so in a in a way what I, what we what we can witness this week is the creation of a nut picking going on um and so it starts in in may 2017 uh on and actually all the clips are from lbc radio this week uh on lbc there was an interview about the paying for the Labour policy was, for, was to uh, bring in new policemen. Unlike the Tory policy, which was to do away with 10,000 policemen, the then Shadow Home Secretary, Diane Abbott, was talking about this and how it would be funded, and she cocks it up big time. So how much would 10,000 police officers cost? Well, um, if we recruit the 10,000 police uh, men and women over a four-year period, we believe it'll be about £300,000. £300,000? Sorry, 10,000 police officers? What are you saying? them? <laughs> no, I mean, sorry. How much will they cost? They will cost... They will... It will cost um, about... About £80 million. About £80 million. Yeah. Pounds. If you divide £80 million by 10,000, you get 8,000. What we're Is that what you're going to pay these policemen and women? No, we're talking about um, uh, an, a, a process over four years. £80 million, uh, divided by 10,000, it equals 8,000. So I'd, uh, what are these police officers going to be paid? You would be... Forgiven for thinking that she's a bit of a nut, but insofar as she's gone into an interview to talk about this new policy of um, coming up with actually they were going to divert money from capital gains tax. There was to be a capital gains tax break promoted by the Tory party, fundamentally to give rich people uh, a tax break. And they and the Labour policy was to say... I'm going to reverse that and use the money to fund 10,000 new policemen. There's a shortage of 10,000 policemen. Yeah. We're going to use that. In the same interview, um, Nick Ferrari, the, the interviewer, points out the fact that Labour had also said that they're going to use this same money to pay for various other things. And it, the real figure they should have said is $300 million. It would cost three hundred million. Yeah. For, for I mean, I think I think what she was doing was very clever psychological anchoring technique, where right, right. initially having initially said it would cost three hundred thousand. You see, yeah. Everyone was thinking, Goes, well, that's that's very reasonable for uh, you know right. for to get ten thousand new policemen just just cost yeah. three hundred thousand, and and potentially new policemen each. were thinking, you know, I don't think I'd do it for thirty quid. Yeah. And then yeah. when she said it was eighty million. All of the all of those potential policemen were like, "Oh, eight thousand—that's a lot more than thirty quid." Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that I might yeah. consider. You yeah, see? she's getting policemen yeah. cheap. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, very good. 
And I, but I tell you, I don't think she'd worked out any of those numbers until <laughs> no, Nick Ferrari no, pointed out. Off the top of her head and not even quickly off the top of her head. Yes, it took her a while exactly. to come up with a shit wrong number. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah, she's hastily looking around <laughs> at people. Yeah, and I mean, if, she, people are if just, yeah. she just said a billion pounds, like, but yeah. quickly, that would have been somehow better. Yeah, like, yes, quite. Oh, a billion. Yeah, no, yeah. that sounds all right. Okay. That sounds about You've right. You've clearly thought about it because you yeah. had that. You were right yeah. there with the answer. Whereas yeah. previously, <laughs> the yeah. thing you came exactly. up with, it took you a while. You'd clearly yeah. never considered never the cost. Never even thought about the cost of this. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's just, yeah, how much is that going to cost? Oh, uh, ooh, that's what yeah. a bag of sweets well, each. <laughs> yeah, uh. yeah, yeah. Think of some of them could share. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, we've got bunk oh, beds anyway, in, the, uh, yeah. in the back. Oh, sleep there, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> the, uh, so anyway, the Tories jumped on this nut job misspeaking as an indication of Labour's entire alleged poor showing with the economy. The then Tory Home Secretary, so her opposite number, Amber Rudd, tars the whole of Corbyn's Labour Party with the same nut brush and said, Diane Abbott has laid bare the chaos that Britain would face if Jeremy Corbyn is voted into Downing Street. One of Corbyn's closest allies has clearly shown that Labour's sums don't add up. They would weaken our defences and their nonsensical promises aren't worth the paper they're printed on. So they jumped on it and said, aha, here's somebody that's cocked up something or other, hasn't read the brief, done it completely wrong, and they've extrapolated from that and spread it across the entire of the entirety of the Labour Party such that they would weaken our defences <laughs> and their nonsensical promises. I'm pretty aren't sure those aren't promises hadn't been written down anywhere. They just no, no. had been whispered to Diane Abbott on the way yes, in. Exactly. <laughs> they clearly had not been written down because either that or they had been written on paper that wasn't worth anything uh-huh. and it had fallen apart in, yeah. in her hands. Yeah. So but by contrast, here is in April 2020, the then Home Secretary, Priti Patel, after Amber Rudd had resigned over the Windrush scandal, uh, Home Secretary Priti Patel cocks up the numbers of people tested for COVID. I can report through the government's ongoing monitoring and testing programme that as of 9am today, there have been 300,034, 974,000 tests carried out across the UK, excluding Northern Ireland. I mean, you know, we did quite a lot of jokes about the Shadow Home Secretary, who, who wasn't very good on numbers in terms of the police. But, I mean... Pretty Patel. She's in a league of her own. You've got to give it to the Tories. So that was Ian Hislop there at the end, noticing on Have I Got News For You at the time, that she was cocking up the numbers, and yet there was no commensurate nut-picking. Nobody in the press picked that, that nut nutty thing and then said, well, right, well, this is the entirety of the Tory party yeah. COVID thing is unravelling. I mean, at least the numbers that Diane Abbott came up with actually existed as real numbers. Yes, exactly. Rather than 3,034,974,000. Yeah. Even when you write it down, you think, it's well, no, that doesn't, it doesn't it's even... It's two separate numbers. Come out as... Millions or anything. Three hundred thousand and thirty-four, nine hundred and seventy-four thousand. No, it's not. 
I mean, what you're supposed to add them up or what? <laughs> or, or is it is it 300 million? Well, it, isn't, it can't be 300 million because no, there aren't that many people. It would be in 300 the UK. billion if you put them all together. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, 300 billion, 34,974,000, which is more than the population of the planet. By some way. Some way. Yeah, yeah. 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 Divided by 10,000. <laughs> how much are you paying them? 30 quid? Yeah. Each yes. police officer gets a million COVID tests. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. So several people on then-named Twitter said, any news in the papers about Pretty Patel's galactically screwing up the numbers? Just say, you know, the way that Diane Abbott was mercilessly pilloried by the press? No. And somebody said, of course not. This wasn't any old lefty screw-up. This was a conservative home-style screw-up and therefore to be brushed under the carpet as soon as possible. So our second example, in April 2023, again on LBC, there was a discussion show about Labour and Tory prospects for the 2024 election. And Nick Gibb, Tory Minister of State for Schools, characterises again Labour's um, not to be trusted with the economy. And listen out for the presenter of the show, Ian Dale, countering the fallacy. I just think if the Labour Party lose the election, they've got to look at how they manage economies because their history, throughout the history of the Labour Party, is the damage they do to the British so economy. Under the Blair government, the economy was well managed. The financial crash came along. Gordon Brown was seen by everybody outside this country as almost the saviour of the world economy. That doesn't really fit into no, it does, the narrative. Because, well, there was the banking crash, of course, but also the way they had spent during that period meant that when we came into office in 2010, we had a budget deficit, an annual budget deficit of £156 billion pounds what a is year. It now? Uh, it's it, it, it's uh, a lot more. We have been through the COVID crisis and we're trying to deal with that. So there's Nick Gibb using that same received nut job opinion that Diane Abbott didn't do any favours for the Labour Party in generating and he's applying it. And so you need to look at your ability to manage the economy. And if you look at the history of the economy, from uh, Tory, with a handover from Tory party to the Labour Party, the Labour Party always receive an, a much larger deficit than the Tories receive after each administration change, and then they spend the time trying to fix it. When Ian Dale asked, what's the deficit under the Tories right now? <laughs> the UK general government gross deficit was 2,537 billion in the first quarter of of 2023 so january to march so at the time of this it was 2537 billion so like with 15 times the yeah compared with yeah. 156 billion uh-huh. that he quotes as having inherited from labor and then and it says oh yeah but we've had covid and also countless corrupt deals <laughs> uh-huh. somewhere do you think anyway in the next bit gib i think does what pretty patel did in that he becomes the nut. If they've got any sense at all, then there ought to be nut-picking going on right here at Gibbs' expense <laughs> um, when he tries to explain how good the Tories are at marshalling the economy. He, see, they're much better, and he gives all these examples and yet gets shot down at each, each turn. 
We borrowed £450 billion and the capital markets were confident enough to lend us £450 billion and they know they're going to get it back. They weren't we... after Truss's budget in September, they were Well, they? I'm not saying that was a great time, <laughs> but what I am saying is that Rishi Sunak is there, Jeremy Hunt is there, they're stabilising the economy. Uh, we did have the fastest growth in the G7 in 2021 you don't now. and 2022. We've got the lowest now. No, but we will recover. We, all the, all the uh, hallmarks, all the, all the fundamentals are there in place. We've got low unemployment. We've got inflation coming down. Uh, we've got a competent government. Inflation went up last month. Yes, but it's, it's <laughs> forecast by the OBR to be 2.9% in the fourth quarter of this year. Do you seriously believe that's going to happen? I do, uh, provided, of course, we don't give in to pay settlements where people are demanding 35% pay increases. Of course, that would blow <laughs> inflation apart. No matter how much the Tories tank the economy, their ongoing marketing campaign that one Labour nut, Corbyn or mm. Abbott, or just the nut of socialist tax and spend, and which sometimes gets translated to the magic money tree, that that equals mismanagement and that Corbyn equals mismanagement or the Labour Party equals the mismanagement of the economy seems to be able to break through. Note that he also promotes the <laughs> Tory mantra that wage rises would cause inflation, tarring those nutters in education, rail, health, fire or police service who want to be paid will bust the economy. Yeah, they're just saying every time, yeah, okay, the economy is incredibly bad at the moment, but imagine how much worse it'd be if we paid people fairly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and Sunak did exactly the same thing only five days ago, talking about the fact that junior doctors have not accepted the, the pay offer that other unions have. So, And, and it's all the vilification that Mick Lynch, that was levied at Mick Lynch, and like that other nut job, Mick Lynch, Corbyn disagrees. I wonder which planet you're on at the moment, <laughs> mate. I really do. Inflation, well over 12%. Food inflation, much more. And you cannot say that wages have caused this inflation because wa wages have actually fallen over the last 10 years. And if you actually got round the table with all the unions involved in the current disputes and paid them properly, you would actually have more money being spent in the economy, which would help investment anyway, and you would have a lot less poverty around and a lot less people claiming universal credit or top-ups in order to get through. Which is for the Tory who pa paint the whole of the Labour Party with the crazy nutness of Corbyn, and Corbyn, who's the colonel at the centre of that nutness, <laughs> Quite a reasonable-sounding bloke who said, well, yeah, you know, if you if you paid more people, they would be able to spend more and the economy would, would grow, mm. wouldn't it? It's not, you know, but no, but that's, that's too outrageous. <laughs> Everybody loves a nut. Dead Brexit in his house And everybody said to Rishi How come you keep banging on Brexit in your house? He said, well, everybody loves a nut The whole world runs off fallacies Brains are in a rut But the wild fallacies are not Everybody loves a nut The whole world runs off fallacies Brains are in a rut But the wild fallacies are not. The wild fallacies are not. 
Johnny Cash there with his classic from 1966, Everyone Loves a Nut. <laughs> so in the Fallacy in the Wild, we like to talk about the Fallacy of the Week from a non-political perspective. And our first example this week comes from The Little Mermaid. Aha! Uh-huh. And this is the remake, the, yeah. the more recent... The non-heretical yeah. Yeah. live-action oh, yeah, remake. It's fine. Yeah. It's just kind of unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, as are all the Disney live-action remakes, really. Yeah. But yeah, it's fine. It just gives you a chance to go. Oh yeah, how yeah. are they going to do that yeah. with CGI? And they go, oh yeah, oh, yeah, oh, oh they're going to make flounder this weird, horrifying thing like the yeah. like the early versions of Sonic the Hedgehog that just makes you yeah. want to go. Ah, what's that? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 and use the <laughs> use the technology from um, Aquaman. Yeah, they'll just yeah, yeah. they'll just use that yeah yeah and you know they need to make a remake of that and just cgi out amber heard yeah yeah that would yeah. that would be good yeah but uh we played a clip from the little mermaid a few episodes ago we did and this is uh, obviously a different version but kind of a little yeah. bit earlier on leading into triton finding out about ariel meeting a human do these humans have any idea how much damage their shipwrecks do i don't think they intended to have a shipwreck They are careless, Ariel. It will take thousands of years for this coral to grow back. And they've killed nearly all of the sea fern. They'd kill us too if they had the chance. No, no, they're not all like that. Oh? How would you know? You've never even seen one. You were just a child when mother died and father stopped us going to the surface. I just mean, we're not all the same, so why should humans be? What about humans? I I just mean... Look at what their shipwreck did. They got what they deserve. They're the most dangerous species of all. So, as with the other version, Triton's not yep. that bothered if humans die, uh, nah. and he has <laughs> he has indoctrinated his children in this view because yeah. a human killed his wife, and that one human who was no doubt a little bit violent and anti mermaid, yep. yeah. Ariel is arguing <laughs> yeah. should not be assumed to represent all humans. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so her sisters are have, have kind of listened to, to Triton and saying, you know, these these humans they they don't care about having shipwrecks, they're careless and they're dangerous and they'll do bad things. Has anybody pointed out in their family that despite the fact that they are all apparently from the same mother and father, that they are different colours, got different accents Obviously, different, completely different nationalities. Above the surface, they would be utterly different nationalities. And yet, they're all Triton's kids. Well, here's the thing. Yes, that has come up. Right, right. In fact, my daughter, when she went to see this with her friends, was although her friends are, are like in their teens and generally very accepting of diversity and, and kind of yeah. applauding of that kind of stuff, said this feels a bit forced. Yeah. However, much like the, the people who argued that in science mermaids wouldn't have dark skin because they're under the water. Um, oh, oh, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue a real-world basis for their different nationalities. It's because the, the, right. the, the seven daughters of Triton represent the seven seas. They represent different oh, areas of yeah, the planet. there you go. Yes, yes, yes. That's, I think, yeah. I haven't read a thing that says that that's why they're, they're like that, but that is, is I think, that's why in they are yep, yep, different races yep. in this. One of them is clearly from the Irish Sea. Yeah. I, didn't, I mm. wasn't aware that that was one of it's the, one, one of the yeah, seven, seven seas. The oceans yeah. of the sea. There's five seven oceans. Seas of the world. Seven seas. Yeah. I don't know quite how that works. Oh, like, but, oh okay. You know, yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway. There we go. <laughs> 
Yeah. Perfectly cromulent. Oh, not, not perfectly an issue at all. <laughs> so, yeah, nothing that Triton's <laughs> wife took issue with no, at any point. No, yeah, no. Yeah. So, our second example comes from the excellent Vietnam drama Tour of Duty. Oh, yeah. And this is an episode where Michael Madsen guest stars as a sniper who is perhaps enjoying his work a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. And the war correspondent, Alex, decides that she's going to write a story about him. Why do a story on snipers? A sniper is a perfect example of the effect of this war on the individual. Pretty extreme example. Yeah, but it brings some crucial points out. I mean, for example, it's tough enough for the average soldier to go back home and deal with everything that's going on back in the States. Here's a man who's killed 39 people. I know better than to suspect you of going for the sensational. <sighs> The truth is often sensational over here. And I hear he's taken a finger off of every one of his kills. So Alex is making the argument that war is sensational. Right. But yep. even within that, this guy doesn't represent soldiers. He doesn't represent the effect that the war, that Vietnam is, is hap- having on American mm-hmm. soldiers. He, yep. he is a special case, an extreme case. Yeah. And that, is, that plays out in the episode. But her deciding that this, yeah, this is a good angle to write an article about the effect of the war on Americans is a bit nutpicky. It feels a bit like that that's the Dennis Hopper, she's the Dennis Hopper journalist, mm-hmm. kind of, who's just sort of goes for the extreme stuff. And she's going to get her head thrown <laughs> into the lap of Martin Sheen. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, so that's, and where does he keep the fingers if he's... He's got doing, a bag. That he has keeps on his oh. belt. He's he's got like a drawstring bag, right? Um, yeah, yeah. With thirty nine fingers Apparently. in it. Yeah. yeah, Colonel Kurtz would be proud, mm. wouldn't he? All those little fingers yeah. hacked off. Yeah, because so. that's a very typical American soldiers from Vietnam's reaction. So yeah, I can see her point when she's saying, <laughs> "Yeah, do you think that's a little <laughs> bit extreme? Yeah, a yeah. bit." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The other character was the was yeah. the kind of the medic, the psychiatrist of the yeah. of the show. Ah, uh, right. And so she yeah. was kind of maybe pushing back a little bit and saying, you know, is this a good idea? Who, incidentally, yeah. was played by Steven Soderbergh's yeah. wife. Oh, there you go. Anyway, our last example is from Law and Order Special Victims Unit, and yep. this is a case where Benson and Stabler are after a group of rich kind of college kids who are accused of rape and murder. Got to come home sometime. Not if one of his friends tipped him off. Uh, these are not the kind of guys who would go out on a limb for each other. You got a point. What do you think it is, the money? Not all rich kids are like this. Yeah, but these are trust fund babies, everything handed to them. No character, no conscience. You're either born with a conscience or you're not. Oh, no, 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 it's all about how you're raised. So Stabler is kind of tarring all rich kids or trust fund kids yeah. with the same brush as these ones who yeah. are clearly violent and dangerous. And sneaking in a nature versus <laughs> yeah, yeah, nurture yeah, argument as well. And Olivia's yeah. having a go at kind of saying, well, you know, not all not all rich kids, hashtag not all rich kids. And that when, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, the way I look for examples of fallacies generally is I kind of try and figure out some typical wording of how people express them. But for this, it was pretty difficult to do that because the way Mm -hmm. that you express that a particular person is typical of a group 
when they're not yeah. isn't necessarily yeah. phrased in a in a common way. So yeah. I ended up looking for ways that people might answer that. And one of them is, well, not everyone, not all of them are like that. Yeah. Which made me think of the kind of not all men thing. Yeah, yeah. So there are times, I think, when pointing out that not all members of a group are like the person is saying might be a good counter to this fallacy being expressed. Mm. There are other times, like yeah. with not all men, where you should just shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the kind of counters that we encountered in um, the Nick Gibb thing is neatly done by all of the other panel members who just counter each and every yeah. example. Yeah, yeah. If you have the facts that that disagree yeah. with what the person is saying, that's great. You know, if you have data. Yeah. But yeah, but it, it, but it is reasonable in some cases, at least, to to be able to say if someone is suggesting, look at this example, look at this extreme yeah. example, to say. Well, that's an extreme example. That's not typical. Or just just to say, well, you know, that's not true, yeah. don't you? Yeah. <laughs> if only that worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So before we move on to fake news this week, I just yep. want to talk a little bit about a, a new plan that we have that we haven't done before, which yep. is to redo mm. a few of the earlier fallacies we visited way back kind of five years ago now when we started. Yeah. And the reasons are manyfold. Among them in British politics, we've had 17 yeah, changes a lot of leaders since over the last five happened. years. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so there's lots so more the examples. examples aren't so, yeah. And they're not so... Well, also, that's the kind of terrifying thing is that not only are the examples now somewhat dated because they involve people who were leaders of the Tory party sev- <laughs> several dozen leaders ago but th- the other terrifying is that there are still <laughs> th- they these fallacies are still being yeah. employed yeah people are still and doing then, this so there's more examples that yeah. have come up in the meantime yeah. there's also the fact that we've got better at doing this i think I, I mean opinion, the fact that you're listening yeah. probably means you agree but we've <laughs> I've I've gone back well, and listened know. to one of our early ones, <laughs> yeah. and it's yes, that's not great. It's not so, great. So yeah, uh, so and and yeah. possibly have different views on some of the things that we talked about over that that's time. The other our thing, views have yes. evolved and, yes. and we've got better at evaluating this stuff. We've learned more yeah. about fallacies and how they're used. So it would be interesting to go yeah. back and and see whether the examples that we used are, are kind of right. Because at the end of each episode, we say, you know, if you think we've used the fallacy ourselves. So, and some of these reviewing the old episodes, we kind of think, oh, yeah, maybe. Well, maybe. Was that a great argument that we made? That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. 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 Um, and also, a couple more reasons. One is that, obviously, part of our show is topical. We talk about news and, and what's mm. going on at the time. So anyone yep. who is wanting to learn about some of our early ones, like the genetic fallacy, the straw man, mm. slippery slope, and so on, the, the topical stuff they're getting is now five years out of date. So yep. it'd be nice to have more up-to-date versions of that. And also... There's the fact that some people, I can't imagine why, haven't. Some people yeah. who listen haven't necessarily downloaded our entire back catalogue and listened to what? all of them. On Earth, they're crazy really? if they don't. They are crazy. Yeah. They are. But, Let's hope they're um, not representative of their entire <laughs> listenership. Oh, absolutely. Oh, they'd be outliers, yeah. definitely. Uh, yeah, extreme yeah. examples of our listeners. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, what that means is they are missing out on some of the more common fallacies because when we started out, mm-hmm. we were doing some of the ones that come up a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah. For that reason, every now and again, it's probably going to be like every 10 episodes or so, starting next episode, we're going to go back and do uh, a new version of a fallacy we've already talked about years ago. 
Mm. Hopefully that will still be interesting for you to listen to. So the next one will be the genetic fallacy, which was the first one we did. The reason we wanted to say it basically was so that when you see genetic fallacy come up in your feed next time, you don't think, oh, I've, I've listened to that Apparently, episode that, or they've done that one. one. That yeah. must be a, yeah. a replay. It's not a replay. We're having another go at it. <laughs> so perhaps we should perhaps we should put brackets redux. Yeah, yeah like Apocalypse Now. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So we're going we're gonna to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yes, it's fake news, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. You see, what's been happening is that the one time I didn't get it right, that's because, you know, the, that, that, that's become the characterization of our entire listenership who are all trying as individuals to each do their very best to succeed in their own particular ways and your sweeping judgment of their failure based on the one time I may have misspoken about the numbers is grossly unfair and and it, and frankly it taints them all fair enough so quite yeah so bear that in mind <laughs> so yeah. Um, our examples this week come from yep. the um, speech that Trump gave recently in South Carolina since he was arraigned for the third time. Um, teeth. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, yep. I, I was just trying to figure out whether the time when he went in to plead not guilty to the charges in the superseding indictment counted as an arraignment. I don't think it does. So it's still only three arraignments, I think. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, he, so uh, he talked to the crowd. He, he did a mixture of new stuff and old hits. And he said, look at this crowd. What an amazing, they won't show this, the horrible, horrible fake news. They never show the support. You know, I think they've actually gotten worse. I used to think they were just bad people who were greedy and corrupt, but I actually think it's, I'm going to get in trouble for even saying this, but it's almost like a conspiracy where they'll do whatever they can to stop me getting elected again. Mm -hmm. Statement number two. Yeah. Every poll, we're kicking Biden's ass. And that's the problem. That's the problem. And if I wasn't, if I wasn't, we wouldn't be under investigation by deranged Jack Smith. He's a deranged human being. You take a look at that face, you say, that guy is a sick man. There's something wrong with him. I would, somebody said, why don't you be nice to him? I said, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. This guy's a maniac. (laughs) I haven't heard maniac for a long time. That's excellent. Uh Okay. And statement number three. Mm -hmm. Mexico. They gave us 28,000 soldiers. Everybody said, oh, you didn't get money for the wall. I said, yes, I did. No, you didn't get money. I said, no, we built the wall. We built almost 500 miles. We got money. What do you mean we didn't get money? They gave us 28,000 soldiers free of charge. 28,000. That's more than giving us a couple of bucks for a wall. They guarded our border for a long time. 28,000. Hmm, okay. Now, I... Not to denigrate your creativity, but I just wonder whether... Sticking 28,000 in many, many, many times is is that more Trump than Jim? I don't, yeah. So the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so the and see, I'm almost put off by or it, I'm swerving because it, I think it's a it's a it's a allure to the bad people who are greedy and corrupt because that's he talking about what he's like, and I'm going to get you in trouble for saying this conspiracy. There's a bit of a lure going on there. 
kicking Biden's ass. Sick man. Something wrong with him. Deranged, deranged, sick maniac. Is he going to say maniac? Okay, so on that basis, okay, I think number one is the one that you made up. Okay, and of the other two, which are you more convinced by? More convinced by the 28,000 soldiers. Okay, so number three. Yeah, you wrote. Is real. Mexico, they gave us 28,000 soldiers. Everybody said, oh, you didn't get money for the war. I said, yes, I did. No, you didn't get money for I said, no, I, we built the wall. We built the, almost 500 miles. We got money. What do you mean we didn't get money? They gave us 28,000 soldiers free of charge. 28,000! That's more than giving us a couple of bucks for a wall. They guarded our border for a long time, 28,000. But that's, it's just, what is he saying there? Because they go, you didn't get money. I said, yes, we did. No, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. No, he didn't get money. He's he saying he didn't get money, but he's claiming money. that. People are worth money, so yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Mexico they gave us the soldiers. Gave them soldiers. I mean, they didn't. Is that true? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I was going to say it's quite a good <laughs> argument if they had. They go, oh yeah, but then so I did. Get, they did. He didn't build five hundred miles. No, didn't do any of that. No, didn't get the money. What do you mean? They gave us money, and then he says they gave us soldiers. That's more than giving us a couple of bucks for a wall. But they, yeah, they didn't even get a couple of bucks. No, so billions, not- the, the little bit of wall he did cost. And yeah. the, no, Mexico, apparently in in reply to his threats to yeah. um, tariff the fuck out of their cars, essentially, yeah. they put, I think it was 11,000 troops uh, near the US-Mexico border to kind of discourage people crossing. Don't know what right. effect it had. Right. Um, and around 6,000 on their southern border to prevent yep. people coming in from Guatemala. I, I mean, is that giving America 28,000 soldiers? soldiers. It's, it's, Numerically, it's, it definitely isn't. Isn't, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. don't think it's giving them soldiers. They they had some additional free, security free yeah. on, the, and the, on the border for a while. So of that entire statement... Mexico is the only true word in there. <laughs> yeah, Mexico, yeah, it's definitely Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. There is there is such a place called Mexico. Uh-huh. He's he's that that's it. Mexico exists. Yes. So it's just saying Mexico. <laughs> it's a good start. That started a good strong. Start. Went downhill started, from there. Went downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. Made up some numbers. Shoved them in several times. Tried to use it as a reason to justify. That as money tried to monetize that. Uh, what is he <laughs> doing there? Even yeah, uh, for some reason he's countering people saying you didn't get money for the wall when no one there is doing it. No, because everybody there is, conv- a is utterly convinced. Yeah. They're all convinced. Yeah. yeah, you built a wall across there. You could just you could look down there. You can't even see Mexico. Yeah, because the wall is so huge. Just don't bring up, up the fact the that you claimed Mexico would pay for it, yeah. and then they didn't. <laughs> yeah, because nobody's <laughs> exactly <laughs> nobody's saying. Oh yeah, did you? Uh, no, nobody's uh-huh. nobody's no. even interested. They're just thinking this guy is a criminal. Yeah, yeah. So okay, you also think number two is real. Yes, and number two 
Yes. Is. Yes. Real. Every poll. No. We're kicking Biden's ass. And that's the problem. That's the problem. And if I wasn't, if I wasn't, we wouldn't be under investigation by deranged Jack Smith. He's a deranged human being. You take a look at that face. You say, that guy is a sick man. There's something wrong with him. I withdrew. Somebody said, why don't you be nice to him? I said, yeah, wouldn't matter. Wouldn't matter. This guy's a maniac. So he actually does say maniac. Yeah. That's yeah. excellent. Yeah. Wow, and he's really angry about the, if I wasn't. If I wasn't, <laughs> if I wasn't, we wouldn't be under investigation. It's no, it's because of all yeah. your also we're not previous under multiple crimes. Yeah, it's you, <laughs> you. you yeah. criminal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, that yes, I was gonna say that here he is. He's doing he's doing a bit of nut picking there. He's saying, yeah. yeah. Everybody I'm just is, like all of us. We're all under just, investigation. We're all under investigation <laughs> for 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 horrible crimes <laughs> against democracy and the United States <laughs> and people's rights. Yeah, all of us, all yep. of us. And that, and they just, oh, it's a horrifying cheer, isn't it? In every <laughs> poll, we're kicking Biden's ass. I mean, does it even need saying that he's no. absolutely not? No, no, no. And why no. would he be? He never polled above 50% while he was president. Exactly, yeah. Well, even when he was doing the job. Yeah. Yes. People thought other people that weren't doing the job were doing a better job <laughs> than him. Yeah. So, no, of course he isn't. No. Um, I mean, no. you can find he can find polls. You can nut pick polls, which yeah. uh-huh. uh, which show him potentially winning against a kind of any generic Democrat candidate rather than yeah. specifically Biden. Probably ones yeah. that that have him beating Biden. But no, the the reliable polls where they actually ask humans, uh, they. Yeah. They, and a number of humans. Yeah, a larger number. Reasonable questions, um, yeah. yeah. They they say, no, of course we don't want Trump again. He's mad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That means you've won oh, this week. Oh, hey! So, yeah, we, but we there wouldn't we want to well, characterise this as typical, obviously. No. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be unfair. <laughs> yeah, but no, we can't not pick this one because, because it's a bit winning an outlier. is a, it's an outlier. No. We can't, we can't typify, characterise every single game as, yeah, you're on, you're on a winning streak yeah. and everybody that agrees with me are all winners. No, can't do that because that's far too kind. Well, unfortunately, our, our listeners as uh-huh. a whole, as a collective, right. have all yeah. lost uh, oh. this this time because... Oh, you see, mm, I'm torn now. I'm torn. <laughs> I'm torn now between going, oh, that's no, really bad, mm. and no, 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 no. I don't know why. That's just evil yeah. and, and horrible. And it is a bit. Yeah, I'm surprised at you. Right, yeah. So cut that bit out. <laughs> so Christine, <laughs> Christine in the Facebook group thought it might be number yeah. two, uh, but really wanted oh. number three to be true. So got that wish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good. Yeah, good. yeah. Uh, and Stephen yeah. in, in Patreon, uh, he thought it would, might be number three, but acknowledged that there was oh, a tough well. one this week. So. Yeah. 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 Because I think the 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 tell, haha, the tell. Because we've we've watched um, Casino Royale a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the tell for me was the greedy and corrupt and conspiracy. 
Right. Was, it was kind of too much stuff. And actually the 28,000, because now you're going to do it, Dick said, oh, really? Every time, <laughs> I've, every time when I point out, it's like a, it's like machine learning, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Gonna, yeah. Ah. Yeah. Well, let's um, just hope we've drunk enough beer so you won't remember. Oh, that'll yes. probably be fine, yeah. So just yeah. got a, a couple of last-minute entries in as well, actually. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Scott in the Facebook yeah. group says number two yeah. as well. Oh. And Invisible Unicorn in Patreon thinks number three. Yeah. So Wow. Yeah. Wow. But it says one and two are just so believable, which makes me think you made up one of them. But I'll go with number three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I know you're pro- I Yep, I share your pain. Absolutely. Every bloody week. Yeah. So, no, it was 28,000. That that has got a. It's a very specific made up number. See, next time, next time we do it, there'll be a specific made a specific made up number peppered mm, all over. Not next time, I'll, when you least expect it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. God damn it! So yeah, yeah if you'd like to play along uh, and in in real time and potentially have your success or failure read out on yeah. there, then make sure that you just have our Patreon. And our Facebook group open at all times in case we record. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's yes. the only real solution. It's the only solution to do it. Yeah. So it's time for the part of the show that this week, at least, is called indictments. Are still not a logical fallacy because <laughs> there's been a couple more. I mean, there's yeah. been one more proper one, which yeah. was DC. The 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 grand jury indi- uh, indictment that we waited because there was a target letter we talked about last time, yep. and so this yep. is the indictment that followed up on that. That, but yep. as a surprise, like an extra yeah. little amuse bouche <laughs> for that yeah. one. <laughs> surprise! Uh, there was yeah. a a superseding indictment in the mm. Florida documents case that added a few new charges and also a new defendant in that case, Carlos yep. de Oliveira. We talked about him before, but we didn't give his name. Yes, he was the guy... He was previously unnamed. Um, ...charged with... Yeah, that's an interesting, <laughs> interesting use yeah. of it. Charged with moving the boxes around. Yeah, yeah he helped Walt now to move yeah. the boxes around. And he was yeah. also the one who they sent to ask the IT guy all about yeah. the security footage and how long it's kept and what you need to do if you want to delete some, maybe, yeah. hypothetically. Yeah. And how would you get rid of that? Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. Which, yeah. based on some things I've read, might mean he was also the guy who flooded the server room by emptying the pool, but I don't know if that's right. true or not. <laughs> yeah, it's the equivalent <laughs> of an of a insurance fire, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but the, the, the new charges, essentially are for obstruction of justice, which was related to trying to delete the uh, security footage. Yeah. Um, they didn't succeed in doing that because a uh, an unnamed Trump employee called employee number four in the indictment mm-hmm. basically said, first of all, I don't have the authority to do that. Also, I'm not sure that's allowed <laughs> to do yeah. that. So, yeah. so they didn't actually delete the footage. And yeah. the other charge is for uh, is another willful retention of national defense information uh, mm-hmm. charge which is specifically for that iran military plans uh, document that we heard yep. trump yep. waving around and saying look at this yep. look at it's this secret yep. look at it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so they're saying that's <laughs> clearly a classified document he clearly had it uh, so we're charging him with having a classified having document that. and not yeah. getting it back 
Yeah. Because this was after the... I, it might have been the same day, in fact, that they said to the um, archives that they'd given everything back already. Mm-hmm. So, so those were the ones in the superseding indictment, and that adds those charges to the Florida case. So does it just make it more official, the, the, the superseding indictment? Well, the, I mean, the, he hadn't, in the previous indictment, been charged with the, the Iran document. Oh, okay, yeah. And they hadn't charged the obstruction of justice for the, for the video surveillance. Yeah. Uh, they, there'd been other obstruction of justice that he'd done that they'd previously charged. Yeah. <laughs> it's not clear exactly why these weren't charged in the first indictment. Um, mm-hmm. the, the most plausible argument I've heard is that there was a, a witness that they were trying to flip. Right. Um, yeah. It might have been Oliveira, the Oliveira. Himself, yeah, yeah. Who, who they thought, okay, we, you know, we're talking to, to a person and, and trying to get evidence from them and, and therefore if either when those talks broke down or he decided to not, cooperate or whatever then they said okay well we're gonna yep. you know if we're gonna charge you for these yep. things then yeah or it may be that they were working with a cooperating cooperating witness who gave them this information which enabled them to charge these after the initial indictment that they they handed down yeah so just adds a few more charges and that extra defendant onto the case really yeah but the the newest indictment the, the yep. newest full indictment is the one in dc which comes which is the january 6th case we talked essentially about all of the charges uh, when we talked about the target letter because these are the ones about conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to corruptly obstruct and impede the uh, January 6th congressional proceeding and that Ku Klux Klan charge, the, the conspiracy against the right to vote. To, so oh, yeah. Um, yeah. stopping yeah. people from being able to exercise their right to vote and expect to have those votes counted fairly. Yeah, And so those are the charges that, that have come up, the ones that people had said they had seen in the target letter. Essentially, the three main things that indictment then goes into detail on and around those mm-hmm. are Trump's efforts to convince secretaries of state to essentially lie about what the election results are, like his call yeah. with Raffensperger. Yeah. Uh, Trump's efforts and his lawyers' uh, efforts to get um, slates of false electors in various states to claim that Trump mm-hmm. won and then submit yeah. those certified or or signed claims yeah. that they were certified results to the archives and to Pence to, to get him to agree to do it. And, and that yeah. last one is trying to get Pence to reject uh, the official slates of electors and accept the false yeah. ones or to yeah. send them back to the states and ask, essentially delay it past January 6th. What a lot of the response to this has been from the right, because they need to desperately respond to it in some way, has been to say they are criminalising people questioning the election. You know, they're saying it's it's a freedom of speech thing. Trump has the right to say whatever he wants, and they are trying to put him in prison for, for saying that the election was stolen. Right. Which... Which which are which are well, not. It, no, it suggests that they haven't read it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which I, doesn't surprise me at all, even yeah. slightly, because <laughs> paragraph three on page two, yeah, says the defendant had a right, like every American, to speak publicly about the election and even to claim falsely that there had been outcome determinative fraud during the election and that he had yeah. won. 
He was also yeah. entitled to formally challenge the results of the election through lawful and appropriate means, such as by seeking recounts or audits of the popular vote in states or filing lawsuits challenging ballots and procedures. Indeed, in many cases, the defendant did pursue, pursue these methods of contesting the election results. His efforts to change the outcome in any state through recounts, audits or legal challenges were uniformly unsuccessful. <laughs> <laughs> so right at the nice. very beginning of the indictment yeah. jack smith is saying he absolutely had the right, had to, the say right to say this stuff. it was rigged yeah. i won i should have all the votes it's this is completely yeah. unfair you're being lied yeah. to all of this stuff yes he absolutely yeah. had the right to do all that stuff of course you can where yeah. it became illegal was where yeah. he conspired with other people to try and actually change the outcome yes yeah and obstruct the yeah, yeah. Uh, actual outcome yes. from being announced yeah. or being ratified or or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So yes, you can you can say what you like, mate, and we have <laughs> we're not going to try and stop you doing that. Yeah. But and you can pursue that through the courts and stuff. And with with a side note, we that you've all of those failed. But what you can't do is do those things that are set out in law, which is to obstruct the actual result yeah. from being announced or, or try to overturn it. To overturn yeah. it, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So there are yeah. six co-conspirators who are listed right. in a special section called the Defendant's Co-Conspirators. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they have not as yet been charged, but there is some evidence to suggest that as as further evidence is gathered, as more things come out, that perhaps yeah. some of them will be charged. Perhaps they are people who might be able to cooperate as witnesses, or mm-hmm. and if not, they might be charged or something like that. But at the moment, they're just listed as co-conspirators one through six. Right. Um, but they are described in such a way as to make five <laughs> of them very easy to identify. Yeah, yeah. We were saying <laughs> we were saying before we came on air. Uh, that Jim can't even you know, remember who the um, the deputy prime minister in the UK is, but can identify all of the co-conspirators well, just from their description. Yeah, I mean that that that's not even the difficult bit. The, the thing, the one, <laughs> the thing that stood out to me when I was re- reading it was that they all of the names, basically, pretty much all of the names are redacted and did kind of used descriptions instead. Um, and so when it's yeah. talking about the call with Brad Raffensperger, they refer to his his lawyer, the Secretary of State for Georgia's lawyer, yeah. as, as you know, counsel of Secretary of State for Georgia. And in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, Ryan Germany. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hmm, that's weird yeah. that I know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not so. like we haven't studied this for five years. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah, co-conspirator one is described as an attorney who was willing to spread knowingly false claims and pursue strategies that the defendant's 2020 re-election campaign attorneys would not. That's Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Uh, Co-conspirator two is an attorney who devised... Is he still an attorney? Well, he's been disbarred, but he was an attorney at the time when these crimes happened, yeah. Yeah. Co-conspirator two is an attorney who devised and attempted to implement a strategy to leverage the vice president's ceremonial role overseeing the certification proceeding to obstruct the certification of the presidential election. That's John Eastman. He came up with the get, get Pence to stop doing it plan. Yeah, yeah. And was in a meeting which Pence apparently took contemporaneous notes of. And has mm. given those notes to yep. Jack Smith. Yep. Lovely. <laughs> um, <Yep. laughs> 
<laughs> and then uh, Trump, one of Trump's lawyers went on, I think, one of the Sunday shows. He went on all the Sunday shows this week. But mm-hmm. one, one of the shows that he was on, he admitted to the stuff that is said in this on page 35 about that meeting between Trump, Pence and, and Eastman, where Trump and Eastman is trying to get Pence to agree to not count these uh, the official slates of electors. Yeah. And the lawyer on telly described what Trump said about it and said that he, he was like, well, my preference is that we should just send them back to the States and so you should do that. And that's essentially what's being alleged in the in the case. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, people who are representing people in an ongoing law, lawsuit or criminal case, certainly, typically don't go on telly and admit to the um, things that have yeah. happened that have been alleged in the yeah. case. That's yeah. generally seen as a negative. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of frowned upon. Yeah. It's sort of discouraged. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Co-conspiracy 3 is described as an attorney whose unfounded claims of election fraud the defendant privately acknowledged to others sounded crazy. Nonetheless, the defendant embraced and publicly amplified Co-conspirator 3's disinformation. That's Sidney Powell. <laughs> yeah. Co-conspirator yep. 4 is a Justice Department official who worked on civil matters and who, with the defendant, attempted to use the Justice Department uh, to open sham election crime investigations and influence mm. state legislatures without, with knowingly false claims of election fraud. That's Jeffrey Clark. Yep. <laughs> and then Co-Conspirator 5 is yeah. uh, an attorney who assisted in devising and attempting to implement a plan to submit fraudulent slates of presidential electors to obstruct the ah, certification yes. proceeding. That's yep. Ken Cheesebro, who we talked mm-hmm. about before yes, yes. When, the, when the fake elector scheme first came yep. to light. Yeah. And Co-Conspirator 6 is described as a political consultant who helped implement a plan to submit fraudulent slates of presidential electors to obstruct the certification proceeding. That, we aren't sure who that mm-hmm. is, but it's probably Boris Epstein. <laughs> that fits. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, the others are clear. The others are, you know, those are. That's, yeah, that's essentially what they did. That's who yeah, they are. How yeah. all of the news that has come out has been. This is what these people did. So yeah, it's clear that yeah. that's that's who they're talking about. And yeah, all those people are potentially. Wow. I mean, they are unindicted co-conspirators at this point. They they are yeah. indictable. Um, yeah. If it is shown that the the things that they did, they took steps towards achieving the goals of the conspiracy. Also, the the kind of main thrust of which kind of gives me some uh, grounds for worry, is that that Jack Smith is leaning on that Trump knew that the election was lost and uh, deliberately sustained the falsehood that... um, it was won by him, yeah. and it was fortunately won, and and so that my worry is based on the fact that they're gonna Trump's lawyers, the defendants' lawyers, could make it difficult for. So Jack Smith's got to prove that. Alina Harbour has already claimed that it's fine because Trump believed right he had won the election, so everything he yeah. did was all right. But essentially, that's like saying, "Well, I, I." think i genuinely believe that i have a hundred thousand pounds in my bank account mm-hmm. just because the bank says i don't 
that right. I should be allowed to go into the bank with a gun and, and demand that with, to withdraw that amount of money from my account because I yeah. genuinely believe with, I have that impunity, amount of money. Yeah. No, that, yeah. absolutely not. I mean, yes, Jack Smith does. He, I wouldn't say he relies on it, but he goes into some level of detail to show mm. repeatedly that yeah. Trump did know all this stuff was a lie. And yeah. that's the the center his his knowledge his legal knowledge that he did yeah. he was doing the wrong thing. Some of the charges could be influenced on whether he knew he was doing something wrong, mm. but mm. not all of them. And also, he clearly knew he was doing something wrong. There's also yeah. uh, a thing called willful ignorance, which is means that that essentially, if everyone's telling you it's wrong. And against the law, which yeah. again Smith goes into some detail, some detail on say saying here's lots of people at, doing at this that. point these yeah. people told him this was a lie. Yeah. At this point yeah. these people told him this was a lie, and these are yeah. people who he trusts and does you know agrees with them when they say other things, and yeah. they're still all telling him it's a lie at all these various points, like yeah. with times and dates in some cases. Yeah. Um, and and so yeah, if he is told by so many people that he should rely on that he has relied on in the past for other stuff, that it's a lie, and he continues to claim to believe it, it that yeah. doesn't hold legal water. Right. There yeah. is that's him being willfully ignorant for to in order to get out of being held accountable. When I studied philosophy at university, there was a uh, one of the things was about how how do you know things what's the difference between yeah. knowledge and belief and knowledge included belief it the, the the definition of knowledge was it was justified true belief so there was some uh objectiveness objectivity to the truth of it it re- it related to something that was ex- existed in the world outside of your particular belief about the existence of something in the world and that the truth of that was justified by the fact that it did exist outside the world plus it needed to include your belief of it yeah. so there were three things so just belief on its own is isn't knowledge so you can't you can't maintain that you didn't know yeah, pages uh, pages seven to nine of yeah. the indictment list a number of times when people that it says um, people who relied on for candid advice on important matters and who were best permit positioned to know the facts told yeah. him the things he was relying on were lies, including Mike Pence, the DOJ, the Director of yeah. National Intelligence, Department of Homeland Security, um, the White White House Senior Counsel, senior staffers on his campaign, state legislators and officials, uh, state and federal courts, the Georgia Secretary of State, the uh, defend, the Defendant's Acting Attorney General and Acting Deputy Attorney General, Nevada Secretary of State, the Arizona uh, Secretary of State, the Defendant's Own yeah. Campaign Manager, and on and on and on, listing yeah. specific times when they when he said a thing that was false and they said, that's not no. true. Um, and wow. explain to him in, in, at times in detail why it wasn't true and what the real facts were. So, wow, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I don't think a jury is going to find him just saying, "Well, I still believed it." Very credible. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, uh, yes, because the, they're going to think ag- against all odds. <laughs> you still believe it? Then you're clearly deranged. You're a maniac. Yeah, you know, by what 
criteria are you do you judge reality well i mean that's an excellent question for trump in general Mm. the thing is that some of uh what's already happened because it because this case is in front of uh, a judge called tanya chutkan who is not sympathetic to trump ah right she is not an eileen cannon she she takes no shit right and Uh, has already started taking no shit <laughs> right. because right. Um, yeah. because he uh, like uh, after the arraignment he put a thing on his truth social that said something like anyone who comes after me i'll oh, come yeah. after you or something like that yeah. and so yeah. the the prosecution jack smith and his team went to the court and said look i mean apart from the fact this is a clear threat <laughs> yeah. yeah uh we would like a protection order because we are about to give Trump and his team lots of discovery, lots of evidence. Yeah, yeah. And what we don't want, we is, don't want you, is for him to use that. Yeah, yeah, well, first of all that, but also we don't want yeah. to use his, um, him to use that evidence to figure out who people are that have right information on him and then to attack them. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, we have to have some kind of order on him of, of how he should behave. And, mm-hmm. so, and so the judge gave trump and his team until monday morning i think mm-hmm. the essentially right to reply on that to say yeah. argue with me why you shouldn't have why this sh- yeah. protection order in fact i think what she said was that he should provide an edited version of the prosecution's request for a protection order so essentially yeah. she's kind of saying i'm going to grant it but if you yeah. want to like water it down a bit let's see how that goes yeah so they asked for an extension on that so that they could have right. more time, partly, I think, because his lawyer was busy on all the Sunday shows defending him. Yeah. Um, and, and she said, no, do it by Monday. Um, nice. And he has yeah. today responded on, on Truth Social. He is in all caps, as usual, as he always seems yeah, to do yeah. these days. He says, there is no way I can get a fair trial with the judge, in quotes, assigned to the ridiculous freedom of speech slash fair elections case. Everybody knows this, and so does she. We will be immediately asking for recusal of this judge on very powerful grounds, <laughs> and likewise for venue change out of DC. Actually, it says out if DC, but I think he meant out of. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to ask for recusal based on the fact that she isn't a Trump supporter. Yeah. That's the yeah. very powerful grounds, because do, he doesn't have any other grounds... The, to no. to argue that she shouldn't be because they just, because don't you just get randomly assigned? Yeah, yeah, judge. you get randomly assigned to someone on that on that court, Roster. essentially on that yeah. on, in that yeah. district or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so that's how he got Eileen Cannon. He lucked out with her, but with this woman, <laughs> he did not. Yeah, and yeah, it's not no. going to go as as much his way. I am absolutely not suggesting she will be in any way unfair to him. She will be no. from everything I've heard and people like people have spoken who have had cases in front of her or have worked alongside her when she was a lawyer and, and said she is absolutely fair and honest and will be straight yep. down the line, play everything by the book. You know, there's not going to be any fear or favour yeah. um, in this case. And yeah, he's he doesn't like that. <laughs> no. He also doesn't like that it's in DC because DC is pretty liberal. And yeah. and is saying that there's yeah. no way he can pot- possibly get a fair trial. And his lawyer said they want to try and get a venue changed to West Virginia because it right. because it's more diverse, which is an right. interesting way of describing West yeah. Virginia, which is 93% white <laughs> compared to DC, which is, if yeah. anything, yeah. very diverse. Perhaps yeah. not politically, but 
yeah. certainly racially diverse. Well, I think diversity so. of thought. It's back to yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diversity yeah. of thought, isn't it? Yeah. Insofar as there are more Trump supporters, yes. possibly, you know, the people that he thinks uh, are going to support him. I mean, they've got or, absolutely no chance of there being a venue change no. at all. There's no reason no. for it. And it, it all happened in D.C. Well, yeah. So why wouldn't it be tried there? Yeah. Absolutely. But what, what amazes me is that actually what the this uh, incredibly detailed indictment does is turn that um, really engaging TV series that we watch <laughs> yeah, into yeah. words. Yeah. And you, you, you kind of look at all this stuff and think, oh, my God, it's awful. What? Ah! And then it's been you know, noted down to the minute that people have been were asked by Trump to do stuff, and he's got he's, there's just no room for him. It's like watching Boris in the uh, special committee or the select committee trying to make finer and finer definitions of the things that he said. You know, in in between the words, <laughs> yeah. trying to do, and Trump's trying to do that. You know, they're less trained in the classics kind of way <laughs> but it's ultimately if there is no room for maneuver he's he's got no room for maneuver it's it's all bluster it's yeah. all he can do is shout which is what ended up with boris talking about kangaroo courts blah 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 and that's all trump is doing and it's very gratifying to see that the system that both Boris and Trump played for so long has caught up with them. And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. Back when Trump got impeached for withholding military aid to Ukraine on the condition of his political opponent Joe Biden being investigated for random made-up crimes, GOP Senator Susan Collins voted to acquit Trump and said she believed Trump had learned a pretty big lesson. I'll bet Senator Collins is feeling pretty embarrassed now after Trump last week called for Republicans in Congress to withhold all future military aid to Ukraine until the FBI, DOJ and IRS hand over every scrap of evidence they have on the Biden crime family's corrupt business dealings. Because Trump has never learned anything and damn it, he's not about to start now. The congressional investigation into the Biden crime family has been a shit show since it began in May, with no evidence presented of any wrongdoing whatsoever, with committee chairman James Comer initially claiming he had a very credible whistleblower who then mysteriously went missing. And it turned out he went missing because he had skipped bail after being arrested on weapons trafficking charges four months after (laughs) his indictment for acting as an unregistered foreign agent for China. More recently, the committee has heard testimony from Hunter Biden's former business partner, Devin Archer, which had Republicans and right-wing pundits shouting gotcha for a few days because Archer's testimony proved that Joe Biden talked to Hunter about business and was therefore completely going to be impeached. Until Archer's testimony was released and it turned out he explicitly said Joe never talked business with Hunter and that Archer had no knowledge of any wrongdoing at all. Various GOP voices have continued to claim that it's extremely suspicious that Joe picks up the phone when Hunter calls because none of them have ever experienced parental love before. <laughs> Damn it and blast. I knew we shouldn't have laughed at my pillow, my arse CEO Mike Lindell last episode having to auction off his manufacturing equipment because no one was stocking his actual manufactured product as he continues to push the notion of his election being stolen from Trump. 
By the way, what are you doing it for, Mikey? Trump's not going to thank you or be affected financially by your loyalty, and Biden's not dying from the poison you're swallowing. We shouldn't have just laughed. We should have gone online and secured a pallet of non-latex face masks for $8 or a complete electric power 35-foot belt conveyor or even bigger 86-foot one for $6 and a desk to watch it from for $6 while sitting on a set of chairs that gained not a single bid. Okay, admittedly for us, there might have been quite pricey shipping costs, but it would have been so worth it, especially if he signed it, just to laugh every time his fatuous name flopped round every 86 feet. We could have used the remaining 85 feet and 11 inches to write out all the zeros in the 1.3 billion dominion of suing him for as well, making long Kenneth Williams-style ooh (laughs) sounds as they fly by. Go woke, go broke is the oft-quoted refrain from people who can't define woke any more than they can critical race theory. And no, this is not a gloating story about Barbie, which has now made over a billion dollars at the box office and more importantly proved Ben Shapiro wrong, as if proof were needed. No, this story is about Texas A&M University, who back in June hired Kathleen McElroy in their Department of Communication and Journalism. McElroy is a black journalist who studied at Texas A&M herself, is a former editor of the New York Times and oversaw the journalism school at the University of Texas in Austin. On top of those very clear qualifications, she has a reputation for promoting diversity in the workplace, which sounds like a plus, but this is Texas. So that's the kind of thing that can get you shit-canned, especially this coming January, when the state's new law comes into effect, which effectively bans the discussion of diversity, equity and inclusion on Texas campuses. As a result, some racist cowards who prefer to remain anonymous pushed back against McElroy's new job, resulting in the university president resigning and A&M settling with McElroy to the tune of $1 million, rather than hiring her anyway and telling the racists to fuck off. Bloody hell. As well as missing our chance to buy old sleep goods manufacturing plant, the fact that just about anyone can create a federal political committee and generate an official public organisational document that appears on the Federal Election Committee's website, fec.gov, also passed us by this week at Fallacious Towers. Following the New York Times reporting on Sunday that Trump was creating a legal defence fund to cover the bills of witnesses and defendants, a person or people filed on Monday separate paperwork with the Federal Election Commission to create the Donald Trump Legal Defence Fund. Ah, now I know why that bastard's by, because morals. Because unless Donald Trump's legal defence fund is being run out of an apartment in Wheaton, Illinois, and its email address carries the extension opaque.com, scammers are on the hunt to punk loyal supporters of the former president. And you just know Trump's going to hate that, because that's what he does. The FEC has sent a letter to the Donald Trump Legal Defense Fund's treasurer saying, knowingly and willingly making any materially false, fictitious or fraudulent statement or representation to a federal government agency, including the Federal Election Commission, is punishable under the provision of law. But in true Trump supporter slash scammer style they know that the system is always playing catch-up because it'll take weeks to administratively terminate fraudulent committees that violate regulations in a kind of legal whack-a-mole fashion. Is it me or do I smell Jacob Walsh's scam? Large <laughs> and ambitious, but doomed to failure and a jail term. Oh, I miss him. 
I would have guessed that when you're running for your party's nomination for president, your main opponent being indicted on almost 80 felony charges in three states should tip things at least a little bit in your favour. But it turns out that when you're an unpleasant, ineffectual, amateurish, charisma vacuum like Ron DeSantis, you still can't manage to creep above 17% in the polls. Cutting a third of his campaign staff feels like it's not going to help, even when one of them is the Nazi who created a video with a Nazi symbol for your campaign and then lying about it. But maybe money is getting tight because donors also seem to be fleeing the sinking ship. His largest donor, by an order of magnitude, hotel entrepreneur Robert Bigelow, has already given $20 million to the pro-DeSantis pack, never back down, but has now decided to back down until Ron is able to raise more on his own. Perhaps he'll be able to gin up some support following his appearance this month in the first Republican primary debate, where he'll be the big fish on a small stage with a bunch of candidates who are struggling to poll above 3%. That is, of course, presuming Trump keeps his promise not to show up. As we all know, Trump shies away from publicity and is always keen for the spotlight to fall on others, so I'm sure he'll do the smart thing and stay away. <laughs> yeah, he's going to do the whole of it in from an orange <laughs> jumpsuit anyway. Republican presidential candidate and fly landing strip hairstyle wearer Mike Pence weirdly seemed to attempt to court the favour of a dozen or so supporters of another recently indicted Republican candidate, his ex-running mate, one Donald J. Trump. Having been faced with shouts of hang Mike Pence early one January a few years ago, flags with Pence is a traitor and calls of why'd you let the people down by residents at a Londonderry, New Hampshire town hall meeting seemed not to faze him. Instead, he seemingly embraced the violent, subversive, mistaken, anti-democratic, self-styled idiot patriots who rampaged, pillaged and killed at Capitol Hill that January in 2020 by saying... I'll tell you, there's a lot of passion out there, but I just, I reject your suggestion that that passion is translated into the violence and vandalism of that day. Rejecting the possibility of future violence whilst reminding the above idiots that he didn't have the authority that day to overturn the democratically run fucking election just because it didn't go the way the check-shirted, gun-toting neckbeards wanted and that's just the women, did seem to show that he'd neither the fortitude nor foresight to play the long constitutional wrecking game the Republican Party requires of their candidates. So, yeah, bye-bye, Mikey. It's not been nice knowing you. Now, where's that fly holding his next town hall? As of yet, Mike Pence hasn't met the fundraising qualification to appear on the GOP primary debate stage, and someone else who won't be there to challenge DeSantis is Robert F. Kennedy Jr., because, you silly, he's a Democrat. (laughs) Yes, I know everything he's ever done, every opinion he's ever expressed, every interview he's given, every person who's endorsed him, and everyone who's even prepared to be in a photo with him just screams Republican, but no, he's definitely a Democrat and not a Steve Bannon-backed chaos agent. Anyway... Like all good Democratic candidates, RFK Jr. has a deep understanding of the Constitution and that's why he's suing YouTube and Google for violating his First Amendment rights. I don't think the suit actually accuses the private companies of doing cancel culture on him, but he did claim during nationally televised testimony to the Weaponization Subcommittee that he was being censored by big media. So should he decide to come out as Republican in the future, his bona fides are in place. (laughs) Of course, the censorship he's talking about is the dangerous medical misinformation he just can't help yelling conspiracy theories about in public, which occasionally get a bit anti-Semitic, as conspiracy (laughs) theories are wont to do. 
You would think that being a Harvard-educated lawyer, Kennedy would understand that private companies can't violate your First Amendment rights, but then it's never stopped Ted Cruz from misrepresenting the law either. And it is fully on brand for a Republican presidential candidate. Damn it, Democrat. I keep forgetting for some reason. Sake. (laughs) (laughs) On this septic aisle... To raise a coffee, the one woman chimneys slash distillery and environment minister said that the Tory party must show that it cared about the environment and insisted that despite the noise over the last week of people coughing while swimming in shit-strewn rivers not being cleaned by unheld-to-account private water companies and Rishi saying we should max out the oil and gas fields in the North Sea to show just how green we are, the government was still committed to reaching net zero by 2050. Continuing the way that they have, what with Rishi arguing with the radio about flying to Scotland to make that green announcement about granting more licences to fossil fuel companies and in the process using the nut-picking fallacy. How are you getting up here to make this green announcement today? Private jet? Uh, I'll be flying as I as I normally would, and that is the most efficient use of my time. But again, I think actually that question brings to life a great debate here. If you or others think that the answer to climate change is getting people to ban everything that they're doing to no, stop people flying, say, to stop people do, going, though, to that's stop people point. going on holiday, I mean, I, I think that's absolutely the wrong approach. As well as the slippery slope and the straw man. Net zero may just be about the number of Tories in power for the next twenty-five years. Meanwhile, at a by-election in Scotland because of the recall and removal of the member of the SNP, Margaret Ferrier, after she broke COVID rules, Labour may be grabbing the chance once again to fight amongst themselves. Labour's candidate, Michael Shanks, has vowed to oppose his own party if it tries to keep the Tory policy of restricting child allowance to two children. Officials concede that many voters remain uninspired by Labour. The party's main message in the by-election is likely to be that a Labour win will help force the Tories out of office in Westminster. More of not progressive ordinary workers supporting Labour, but rather simply not Tory. Though Labour's Stephen Kinnock's announcement that if they won in 2024, Labour would have to keep the Tories' controversial offshore barges to held refugees blurs the line between left and right even further. Sack Ray Blur. I've only been back in Blighty a day and I'm already working out how to sneak out with the peloton when the UK leg of the Tour de France returns at Paris. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we use a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts or simply tell one other person in person about how much they'd like our podcasts. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump just like our strawman level patrons, Laura Thompson. Renee Zed, Schmoots, Mark Reiki and Amber R. Buchanan, who told us where we met her at QED, we could just call her Amber. And our true Scotsman level patrons, Stephen Bickle, Janet Nueto, Kaz Tui, Andrew Houck, and our top patron, Lauren. Thank you so much for your contingent support, everyone. It's very much appreciated indeed. You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fallacious Trump. All music is by The Outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye. <laughs>